Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have an NWSL recap. Decision day scenarios in play. The playoffs are set. Portland Thorns, All Rain, Washington Spirit, Chicago Red Stars, Gotham FC, North Carolina Courage, all into the playoffs. Houston, Orlando, Louisville, Kansas City officially eliminated. What's next? We have a whole playoff picture ahead for you all. A quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a new video interview or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights. Head on over to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third and hit subscribe. Happy Halloween, Lisa. How are you? I had to give some right. to our podcast listeners dressed as a dog today. We're coming. We're coming. We're coming. Correct. Fully like into the Halloween spirit. Cats, dog. We're like into it. We wanted to have some fun to start off uh, the episode. Let, let, let's pull. Let's pull off the the costumes on. Put on our NWSL hats, Lisa, because we got a lot to talk about here in this Ooh. episode ton of games when we preview this it was like massive decision day scenarios for each day possibly and um it turned out to be the case for a little bit honestly for all of them it was like oh well actually maybe just maybe the playoff picture will look a certain type of way or be determined much sooner than we think because there were games taking place on friday or excuse me, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week. And of course, that was not the case, Lisa. Of course, we had to wait for the playoff picture to sort of be settled on Sunday. <laughs> like, of unbelievable. Of course, of course. It's just how the season's going, let alone does it have to come down to the final weekend. But the like you said, the way matches turned out between Thursday, nothing determined. Friday, Saturday, it did ultimately come down to Sunday's matches, um, which it makes it a little bit more exciting. I'm going to say it keeps everyone tuned in. It keeps the players a little more interested. And I know heading into the Washington versus Houston match, head coach for Houston, James Clarkson, said that if if the Houston didn't need to play for a win, he was going to sit some of his players and make sure they get rested before the playoffs. But because everything was on the line in that matchup, we saw lots of good turnout from Houston. Uh, we'll get all into it. But um, I loved how this final regular season weekend turned out. And now I'm even more excited for the playoff picture based on all of the results that happened this past weekend. We're going to get into all, all of it. We're going to, we're going to go over all of this for everybody in about two acts here uh, because it really was just sort of uh, day by day by day, sort of seeing how things were developing uh, for the league in terms of uh, the playoff picture heading into this weekend. There were still three spots up for grabs of the potential six NWSL playoff spots for with four teams sort of vying for position over those three spots. So we were very excited and, and we thought maybe, just maybe, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC would take care of things for themselves on Thursday. But of course, Racing Louisville had other plans I'm, I'm, and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. The eliminated team sort of taking on a bit of that spoiler role, absolutely wrecking dreams or at the very least postponing them a little bit. But these two teams uh, played out to a 1-1 draw, Lisa, and ultimately what that meant 
was that Gotham FC did not clinch their spot for the NWSL playoff as of that Thursday. Uh, but if you know, if you Manu getting that first goal for well, the lone goal in, in that game for for Gotham very, very early on, and it sort of felt the end of the temple that was coming out from this Gotham side in this match sort of felt like, oh, they know what the job is. They know what the assignment is and are they going to deliver? And it sort of looked as if it was going to happen, but they didn't get another one and enough happened there where all of a sudden Louisville sort of played themselves into the game. It's like they sort of were like, you know what? Not on our pitch, not on our field. That's not happening here tonight. And this second half just sort of, turn things a little bit. CC Kaiser went and got that equalizer uh, right around the, the the 50th or 52nd minute. And it just, it, that, that's just sort of how it, it panned out. And then Gotham had to wait some more uh, to see, to, to wait to, to go ahead and, and potentially clinch the, themselves a spot. It was a very exciting way to start off the NWSL weekend of games for sure. It really was. And, and you and I both had Gotham pegged to, nail this win on Thursday evening, clinch a playoff spot, really just make their weekend a bit easier, make things a little bit more ironed out heading into Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, technically Thursday is, is midweek game. If we're talking about that, it was a makeup game only. Um, and also these two squads knowing that they were going to have to face again on Sunday, which does really change how you look at this mindset because it's only a few days rest and then you're back on the pitch against the same opponents um but this match really uh, a lot of credit to racing louisville for coming back in this one cc kaiser notching the goal around the 50 or so minute just after the 50 minute mark of this match um but stat wise gotham had 19 shots throughout this match and louisville had 10 uh, or excuse me nine i'm sorry so a 10 goal differential there um that's really big. That's really big. That shows what Gotham was doing. And a lot of credit to Racing Louisville's defense because they held that off. They held held it to just one for Gotham in this match. I think a bit of a better taste in Gotham's mouth at the end of this one, knowing that they were so close to clinching and then ultimately um, really letting it go. Honestly, it's it was a bit of like a downfall for Gotham when you looked at this, but really for Racing Louisville, I think – proud moment for them in a sense because out of contention for the playoffs but they they took a page out of Kansas City's book and they can still disrupt things uh moving forward through throughout that match on Thursday and then even looking to Sunday they were like we could still have implications <laughs> coming into play um Sunday but ultimately a 1-1 tie between Gotham and Racing but Anamano still pushing at this point in the weekend on Thursday evening still pushing she could have been in the golden boot race working her way up there with her goal throughout this match. Uh, but one, one, I forgot them. So we both take L's on this prediction. Yeah. You know, I, that was like one of the first things too, that my head went to at, at sort of that final whistle. I was like, geez, I'm pretty sure Liz and I <laughs> both chose Gotham in this one. So we're going to get off to a great start uh, with this weekend slate of games, but you know what? It opened the door and let's get into this next game a little bit with, with Gotham, not, clinching they had this extra game in hand even though it was rescheduled right so finally when they played this thursday match it was like oh all of these teams are basically like level on mm -hmm. games played finally it's taken finally to the, taken to the last week of the season for that to sort of uh to, to sort of pan out but it wasn't just about clinching uh, a playoff spot for gotham with their extra game in hand there were there was potential for possibly 
leapfrogging themselves into maybe, uh, you know, a bye week, a third mm-hmm. place or a fourth place, a home playoff. Right. And uh, so not only did it, it, it not clinch, you know, that playoff spot, it opened the door for some other teams to, to do some stuff. And that happened in this next game on Friday's match. It was Orlando Pride versus Chicago Red Stars. Chicago Red Stars on the road. Take the win in this one. 1-0 on a goal from Kalia Watt. With that goal, it clinched the playoff and the potential for a home playoff. Whether or not it was going to be as a third seed or fourth seed was still, uh, you know, yet to be determined at the time uh, because the results had the results from the other games had to come into play. But at that moment, they clinched their their spot and they uh, were going to they knew that they were going to host a home playoff game in some capacity. And uh, that's what happens with this with this final week. It was just you were watching these games, knowing these different scenarios. And if one team doesn't do, you know, doesn't follow through on, on there and it allowed other teams to go in and, and, and try to, you know, pave a different way for themselves and for Chicago. Perhaps not a lot of great stuff or good vibes going into this match, really on, on both sides. It was a pretty lengthy and kind of uncomfortably uh you know long injury report for both of these teams heading into this match lisa so you had on orlando pride side there was going to be no marta available no taylor corniak uh alongside jade moore and, and that's just some uh and then with questionables you know uh with ash and harris ali krieger you know obviously nagging injuries that they have quite frankly been probably playing through uh throughout the duration of this season so uh, and Chicago side having to deal with some COVID protocol things, having to deal with a general illness, um, you know, and also some questionable. So it's, it was like, gosh, it's like, what kind of game were, were these two teams going to play out? It almost sort of felt at one point as it had very much like the feelings and the making of like a potential draw, if not low scoring, absolutely scoreless, which also in the scenarios would have been enough for Chicago uh, to sort of just get a point and clinch. Um, but Kalia Watt, other ideas for sure uh, in this one. She's had she's had a really, really, really big work rate for Chicago over the last probably three, four weeks or so. And um, great ball through from Morgan Gutraw. The goal assisted by her in the 65th minute uh, just to sort of feed Watt in and then get this banger of a goal it was a great one check out the extended highlights y'all you'll find it there on attacking third but it was it was just enough it was just what Chicago needed at the exact right time uh they're a very organized defensive team and honestly that's sort of what it looked like it played out to a a big big moment for Chicago's defense to shine center back duo Sarah Gordon uh, earning the iron woman for Chicago Red Stars playing every single minute of every match this season and it just sort of, again, we had another piece of the puzzle, Lisa, in this one. I know you were calling the game in this one. I'm sure you were, like, checking off the different scenarios as this game was evolving. Yes, I, it was me, the whole murder mystery in the basement with the the images and the scenarios with the red string connecting it all. Um, yes, completely. This game, um, interesting, because as you mentioned, so many injuries and players missing heading into this match. Um, but looking at it big picture, it almost evened out 
I'm, I'm going to say, uh, based on who Chicago was missing and who Orlando was missing and, and having to have players slide in. Um, I'm not saying player for player it evened out, but across the board, it I think it evened out big player for small for two small players um, and things like that. And because of that, a Tony Presley for Orlando was slotted into the back line. Um, and she's a player that has had really good moments, but she tends to make mistakes in the back line. And when I heard and saw that she was in the starting lineup, I was a little bit concerned knowing that Ashlyn Harris was not going to be in goal and McLeod does a fantastic job, but also having Presley in the back line can be um, sometimes a bit of a liability for this Orlando team. And I think she did a fantastic job. She proved me wrong throughout this match. Um, one or two mistakes, but frankly, you're expected that when you don't get consistent 90-minute matches throughout the regular season. Uh, but this game, really, really a chess battle between these two sides. And because of all the injuries, speaking with the coaches ahead of time, ahead of these this match, um, head coach for Chicago, Rory Dames, didn't really know how he was going to attack against Orlando because traditionally a little insight into Rory Dames and his um, incredibly smart soccer mind. He looks at his opponents and he finds the weakest link and then he tries to attack them or that's where the side of the field that Chicago will press and they split the field vertically and they'll shove all their players onto that side and win the ball back over their opponent's weakest link. Now due to all these injuries for Orlando, Rory Dames didn't know where that weak link was going to be. He didn't know what was going to happen until he saw the starting lineup and heard who Orlando was going to have was going to play with. Now, Chicago, a really intelligent team with a lot of intelligent soccer players, they can make that last minute adjustment uh, five minutes before a kick. Um, and it, because of that, I think that's what made the first 15, 20 minutes of this match so intriguing because you could see the brains of the players working as they figured out their opponents and they figured out where the space on the pitch was and how they could attack and really be effective in the game that each side wanted to play. Ultimately the the goal from Watt being the game winner in this match, but um, I, I'm going to lean a little bit on stats here. Total shots for Orlando were six in this match. Total shots for Chicago were 17. Um, that's that's a pretty big difference there between the sides. Chicago really putting a lot of pressure on, not always the most well uh, taken or most clinically taken shots, but hey, they were still getting the ball off and, and putting pressure on and they got the win over at Orlando, which is honestly what needed to happen. Um, and defensively, they 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 quieted LaRue and Alex Morgan and, and Jody Taylor up top for the most part throughout this match. So uh, bright future in the playoffs for Chicago as as they end on a high note, I'm going to say, despite all the injuries and, and lack of personnel, end on a high note at least with a win. Um, before I'm, I let you move on to the next match, I had Chicago winning this one, and hey. you had it as a draw, so I beat you there. Hey, I'm a winner either way. Uh, I get to cover a home playoff in, in my hometown, so that's going to be uh, exciting. Let's let's take a look at uh, Saturday's fixture. We had a doubleheader uh, on Saturday. Kansas City hosting O.L. Rain. The Rain take this one 3-0. Let's just hop right to it. A very cool thing happened in this game, Lisa. This was another game that you were on a call for. Uh, Kansas City has been operating as Kansas City NWSL uh, for their first inaugural season in the league. And they had a quick introduction to the league. They sort of came in um, 
in the midnight hour, right? Uh, as uh, the league was trying to sort of see what the next step was going to be with the former Utah Royals franchise and Kansas City NWSL and ownership group uh, with Angie and Chris Long and Brittany Matthews, uh, quite frankly, an ownership group that has been keeping their eye on NWSL, found themselves getting in a little bit earlier than maybe they had anticipated. And so this team with the quick turnaround had been operating under a temporary crest uh, with uh, with really cool colors, uh, but no official name yet. So a very cool thing uh, that has been happening for this Kansas City side in this second half of the season uh, is that they have been putting together some some fun results at home. They went on a very long uh, undefeated home streak. Uh, and then down these final stretch of weeks, they were really, really playing the role of spoiler, absolutely bringing the chaos uh, to these other top-tier teams who were really in competition for these uh, playoff spots initially. Um, so a lot of exciting stuff that this team and this franchise were building towards towards the future. And they had a series of really cool announcements, and they announced that they are going to eventually have uh, the first of its kind, a NW built only for NWSL stadium on the riverfront in Kansas city there. And uh, right after that announcement in halftime in the middle of this game that you were calling Lisa, they unveiled uh, their brand new crest and their brand new club name. How was the atmosphere there in terms of being a witness uh, in terms of kind of getting all the feedback from that there? Huge congratulations to the Kansas City Current. That is their new name. Um, it, it was exciting, especially to be involved. And they put out an incredible little promo video that they played live in the stadium. And we were able to air at halftime of the broadcast. And really, really well done. Um, there's water rippling throughout because the new stadium that's being built right on the riverfront, uh, the Missouri River, right by the water is incredible. Um, so because of that, lots of thematics of the water throughout the video, the players, even when they were doing their like cool solo shots for like the media uh, for this video, standing in water or graphics, I don't know, it looked like they were standing in water. I am so pleased and happy for Kansas City with how they executed this rollout, how this franchise came into this year with a temporary club, temporary or temporary crest, temporary name in Kansas City, NWSL, um, and kind of said, hey, this isn't it for us. We have more coming. We just need a little bit of time to nail it correctly. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, so the current, the the new name, which we were actually able to use in the second half of the broadcast, the players went in for halftime. They did the show in the stadium. We did the show on the broadcast. The players changed their kits, changed their, their top jersey kits uh, to be wearing the new crest for Kansas City Current. And then as broadcasters, we got to call them the current in the second half and um so many times when teams roll out new logos, new crests, there's so much meaning that goes in behind it. Behind it, and sometimes it's a little fluffy. There's some fluff in in the meaning, but frankly, the there's no fluff in the meaning behind this Kansas City crest. If you haven't had a chance to see it yet, please go check it out. Um, it's everywhere. I know Sandra wrote a piece for it on CBS Sports. Uh, go to Kansas City Current. Their new 
Twitter page, their website. It's really cool. They stuck with the teal colors, the bright red color, and then they added in a dash of navy blue, which I love that. But so much meaning um, behind the crest. There's two stars on it representing the two states that Kansas City sits between Missouri and Kansas. Um, there's a three river ripple effect on the crest, which is the wave and the river current uh, that courses through the heart of America, which is Kansas City. Um, the, a traditional crest shape as before it was just a circle for Kansas City NWSL. Um, really fantastic job. And I think the players are proud to be the current and proud to wear the current crest. It was exciting to see because it happened during halftime. And the game at this point, Lisa, is not gone away. At this point, no. all rain is still figuring things out on the road. They're playing for something that's very important. Even though they've sort of been in this uh, top-tier position, number two, they hadn't actually clinched and secured their bye week. And going into halftime, uh, just before then, right around uh, just past the half-hour mark, uh, mm-hmm. they finally got on the scoreboard. They had had some struggle in terms of actually getting the ball in the back of the net despite looking good in the attack. And it came off of an own goal off Kiki Pickett. So a little little bit of a bummer, I'm sure, on, on that part. No, no, no defender wants to be on the end of an own goal for sure. Uh, but a 1-0 uh, deficit into halftime if you're the home side is not something that is, uh, you know, world comes falling down. The game is still a mm-hmm. possible steal at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And what we've been seeing from Kansas city is like their ability to, to, you know, like I said, like we've been saying for weeks now play spoiler. And I was kind of wondering, I was like, gosh, I'm like, they're coming out here with these new kids, new crests. Like, are we about to see like, uh, are we Fire. about to witness the chaos? Like, is that about to happen? But it did not happen. Oh, rain was like, congrats on the crest. We got things to do. <laughs> it was like over before you, before it even began, Eugenie Lesomere, Again, continuing her ridiculous form, picking up two goals in this second half, coming early too. I mean, we're talking the opening five minutes of the second half. Beautiful assist from Roosevelt. Lisa Mayer gets the go-ahead goal, 2-0. And then once again, just past the hour mark, Eugenie Lisa Mayer assisted by Megan Rapino. Another one. Lisa, talking, you mentioned Chicago, a team, you know, entering the playoffs on a high. I mean, we got to look at this game from all rain and probably echo similar sentiments, right? You have to, especially when uh, you look at the own goal, although it was the first one for OL Reign to get on the board, um, they had applied so much pressure to Kansas City's back line. They, it, considering the first time that OL Reign went to Legends Field to take on Kansas City and they lost, they played pretty bad in that game. They just looked fumbled and jumbled all over the place. This was an entirely new OL Reign team stepping onto Legends Field, um, which I expected they with Laura Harvey and already having played at on this pitch um, and understanding the type of team that Kansas City has become over the last few weeks in playing spoiler and understanding how they've found a bit more of their identity, playing more of a diamond in the midfield and, and really catering to the personnel that Hugh Williams has on his squad because of that all rain did a better job scouting. They did a better job of saying no matter what the field conditions, no matter how small the pitch is, how bouncy it is, how hard the turf is, anything that's happening, the light show, the new crest, we're going to play 
our game. And that's exactly what OL Reign did. So they forced that own goal. Sofia Huerta just whipping crosses into the box. And I, I hope she gets the assist on that. I should have checked. I don't know. Um, because that's who sent this cross into the box that just made it too difficult for Pickett to handle. And um, it's unlucky for Pickett. She, I, I guarantee you she will not make that mistake next season for Kansas City. Uh, just just poor defending and body positioning on a beautiful ball into the box for Huerta. And because of that goal, it changed the mentality for OL Reign a little bit. They they had a little bit of relief for all the hard work they were putting in throughout that first half. And then I, I imagine at halftime, it was like, hey, we're in this. Like, we need to score more goals. We actually want to be on the score sheet, not just have an own goal for Kansas City. And that's exactly what Les Omer did. Um, came out fiery. I was I was pushing for her to get the first hat trick of the NWSL season. She did not. Um, who knows? Maybe in the playoffs she'll get one. She was very, very close, though. This match, um, pretty fun to watch and, and pretty fun to call. And even though Kansas City losing, not getting on the board, having an own goal, the crest reveal and the name reveal made it really special for Kansas City. And that didn't rain on their parade um, because they ended the season on such a high note with the rebrand and selling merch and uh, everything going just really smoothly on their side of things with the announcement, the rebrand and, and how it was perceived by fans across the league. Absolutely something to build on. And and honestly, and quite frankly, this is the this is the playoff picture episode. So it was another piece of, of the playoff picture puzzle that got sort of checked off and, and put into place. Uh, Chicago the evening before uh, clinching their spot, clinching some type of, of home playoff and then already doing their thing, clinching number two, clinching that bye week. Uh, setting up some interesting scenarios for the, the second game on Saturday, Portland Thorns. Versus North Carolina Courage, North Carolina Courage needing to pick up a win in order to sort of ensure that they would have a possible spot in the playoffs. Portland Thorns have our shield winners. Uh, interim CEO Marla Messing presented the NWSL shield to the Portland Thorns in the beginning of this game for winning the regular season. And, uh, it just sort of had like the the makings of, of of another type of match that was gonna leave us wanting more, and it did in a number of different ways. It was a scoreless draw, but this game, Lisa, starts off a certain kind of way where you're like, oh no, it's gonna be some real old fashioned like NWSL after dark action. North Carolina Courage come out swinging early, almost get a goal in the opening five minutes, but it's ruled off. Side, And then we start to see a very well played out game between these two sides. And you see North Carolina the entire time from the beginning to the end trying to press uh, to ensure like, you know, that they are in control of their their playoff destiny. Unfortunately, neither side ended up picking up a goal. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing uh, for Portland Thorns. They were their defense could hang their hat on that type of result. They set a new NWSL record in terms of uh, shutout minutes, so that was very exciting, I'm sure, for them on a night that they got uh, the shield. But for North Carolina, the draw meant that the next day they had to find themselves rooting for the Washington spirit because, again, while we're talking about all these playoff scenarios that uh, we chatted a little bit about in the preview and are recapping here now, 
North Carolina Courage and Houston Dash were tied on points heading into this weekend of games with Houston Dash having the tiebreakers over North Carolina. So if not a win, it would have had to like, and they only got a draw. That means they absolutely needed help from Washington spirits. Uh, because if Houston either just got a draw or win, they were absolutely, absolutely in. So exciting, exciting stuff uh, in this one. And it, it just meant that we had to wait some more, Lisa. We kept having to wait for the playoff picture to be finalized. I think that's really the best thing about this weekend. We both picked Portland to win. Um, the, clearly, they did not. They had the draw in this one. But a lot of uh, celebrations for Portland um, earning the shield and then the Rose City Riveters awarding Angela Salem, their supporters player of the year, which was a huge honor. I know Mark Parsons talked so highly of Angela Salem in the post-conference, just saying how much she's done for the middle of the pitch um, and for Portland throughout this year on and off the pitch really with her leadership, but her ability on the field to just control things. Um, I think it's so fitting that this, game ends in a scoreless draw uh with the goal being called back from North Carolina early to start the match I think if that goal counted um obviously it would have been a different match because there would have been a goal but it really mindset wise and momentum wise it would have changed everything for North Carolina because Portland had so much pressure and they did really well defensively against North Carolina so if North Carolina could ensure that they had that opening goal that was ultimately called back um would have been a different outcome and would have been, uh, a, I think, a North Carolina win, honestly, if they could have done that. Ultimately, doesn't happen. Nil-nil draw. And it, it makes for a very exciting Sunday in the NWSL for the playoff picture. Absolutely. And we're going to get into it right now after a quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, Sunday, fun day, another decision day, Washington Spirit versus Houston Dash, Gotham FC versus Racing Louisville, 
in another rematch of Thursday's match prior. Let's let, we got to start with this Washington Spirit and Houston Dash game because really, this was the game that finalized everything uh, for for the playoffs moving forward. Lisa, Washington Spirit hosting this one at home. They were still chasing a home playoff. They were at the time of this uh, match taking place in the fourth seed. Houston Dash in a scenario where they absolutely needed to win or draw. A win automatically meant they were in. A draw meant they were in based on the tiebreakers with North Carolina Courage. So watching this game, kick off and sort of see the tempo that both teams were establishing in this one, it almost sort of felt like, ah, oh, is this a bit of a playoff preview Ooh. that we're getting here? That was the vibe that I had in watching this one. Because let me tell you, for about 60 to 70 minutes, it kind of gave off that tempo for sure. We saw uh, Houston in the spirit kind of exchanging uh, waves of momentum in mm-hmm. this one. But honestly, it came down to a little bit of a tactical issue in this one. Lisa, head coach James Clarkson, even going on record in his postgame about the tactical shift that they had planned and prepared for, not working out, quite frankly. And then he said that that's on the coaching, that's on him, and that he's got to take accountability for that. Uh, 0-0 scoreline for these two for, for quite an extended period of time in this game, Lisa, before that deadlock gets broken uh, after a tactical shift where it just sort of looked yeah. like they were the Houston dash were uh, made some substitutions um, to sort of look like just to kind of close out a game with about 20 minutes or so left. Uh, Jasmine Spencer having a really good game uh, for this Houston dash side and involved in the attack comes off, makes way for uh, Megan Oyster sort of looks like this team's getting back into a five back and is soon, just minutes after the substitution is made, you have the rookie, Trinity Rodman, receiving on the receiving end of a great ball from Sam Stop, nails the lone goal in this one. And who would have thought an 18-year-old in her rookie season was going to have the defining moment for how this playoff picture was going to look moving forward because that was all she rolled. That is exactly what Trinity Rodman did on this day. The lone goal is all that it took. Uh, you saw Houston Dash uh, try to make an effort to all they needed to get the draw uh, in order to, to to go ahead and find themselves in the playoffs, but that didn't happen. Instead, on the end of elimination, instead disappointing uh, the reigning 2020 Challenge Cup champions, uh, unfortunately falling out on the final day of the regular season uh, of playoff contention. And with the win, it meant that the Spirit locked up third seed and will host a playoff game. What a moment, Lisa. It was pretty dope. Dope. I love that word for it. It was such a moment. And and you said, who would have thought Trinity Rodman? Honestly, I kind of thought it was going to be her because <laughs> of how – I'm not just saying that because it was her. I, I thought it, it was going to be her because she is a player that is, is smart. She's a very smart player. And when Houston made those tactical decisions to play five in the back, um, which I'm, I'm glad that James Clarkson can own up to that and say, hey, that's my bad because it was. And it also wasn't executed as smoothly 
as it should have been and as swiftly players knowing exactly where they need to be to be defensive because how the heck does Trinity Rodman score when you're supposed to have five in the back? Now, because of that, Trinity Rodman, you know what's happening. These players know each other. And when you see that substitute being made and and Trinity Rodman especially – um, who plays against defenders and knows their weaknesses, knows how to pick on them because she is such an intelligent soccer player. She saw that switch happening, tactical switch for Houston to go more defensive. And she saw that it wasn't organized enough. And she said, this is my moment. I'm going to sit between center back duo. And she gets on the back shoulder of Abby Dahlkemper and it's so clinical. The finish is so clinical. That's what she had been waiting for. Um, there, there are certain players that live for the big moments. And uh, in Carly Lloyd and all her hoopla of retirement and, and her conversations about it, she is a player that lives for those moments. Trinity Rodman is a player that lives for those moments when they can take the whole team on their back and they can put the game away. And and that was Trinity Rodman's moment and she deserves it because it was a smart play. It was a great decision from her. The shot was beautiful and it works. The Washington Spirit clinched third because of that Trinity Rodman goal. Um, but it, before that goal happened, it was really a back and forth match for Houston and Washington. And so much credit we have to give to the goalkeepers because Jane Campbell for Houston and Aubrey Bledsoe for Washington made fantastic saves throughout this match. There were so many good chances. Haley Hansen, Sophie Schmidt, uh, Rachel Daly had a few pretty good ones. Ashley Hatch, Sanchez Rodman had many good opportunities. So five saves to end the night for Bledsoe and four for Campbell. Um, they, they kept their team in this match until it was a man up opportunity and just Rodman against Campbell and, Oop, Rodman puts it away. Um, Houston out after this game. Uh, a tough decision for James Clarkson to try to go for the tie in this one. And um, I bet he won't be doing that next season if it comes down to this because it was it was looking bright for Houston there for a while throughout this season. Um, but, hey, I love when it's tight and this is how <laughs> things play out at the end of it. And I couldn't have dreamt this up uh, two weeks ago how it was going down, but there we go. You live and you learn. I guess we'll see uh, what, what happens with the Houston Dash in the offseason and, and, and looking ahead to next season. Meant they were out, so that meant that North Carolina Courage was in. Lynn Williams with the, the Twitter reactions saying thank you to the Washington Spirit for the help. Uh, so the playoff picture was set with Portland, Oil Rain, Washington Spirit, Chicago, Gotham, North Carolina Courage. And while this game took place, there was another game also taking place. Gotham FC versus Racing Louisville, the rematch of Thursday, ending in another 1-1 draw between these two teams. And at this point, you got to say Gotham FC obviously paying attention to the scenarios players are tuned into we're, we're tuned into these decision day type scenarios on, on each of these match days, obviously Lynn Williams with the reaction on Twitter, right. And online, and then seeing Gotham kind of come out in the second half and sort of having the smiles on their faces and sort of knowing like, okay, we're into, let's just get out here and ball yeah. a little bit. You know, that was sort of the vibe uh, that we were watching. And maybe, you know, quite frankly, uh, possibly leading to a number of in-game adjustments in scenarios. Mm -hmm. uh, because within this game, 
there were a couple uh, individual like awards like that that could have been chased uh, by uh, this this team. Uh, Margaret Purse, you know, in contention for for the Golden Boot with 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 nine goals, and uh, at the conclusion of the Washington Spirit game meant that. Ashley Hatchett ended her season with regular season with 10 goals. So Margaret Purse with the nine goals. And then obviously Anumanu kind of right behind them with the eight goals. But we saw substitutions happening uh, for this Gotham FC side uh, relatively early uh, in that second half, bringing on players like Jennifer Kuto, Erica Skrosky, Paige Monahan, uh, bringing somebody off in uh, if he, like Ifioma Anumanu, uh, and then having a Margaret Purse uh, coming off, you know, right, right, right just past the hour mark uh, as well. So uh, just sort of kind of like uh, – I was hoping that maybe there would still be a little bit of drama to watch or some other reasons to watch in this game. And the people look once the playoff picture got settled, I think people were looking for other things within this match. And uh, that kind of got, <laughs> that kind of got ruled out pretty quickly as well. Uh, so by the 65th minute, you had the other two players kind of in contention for that race coming off mm -hmm. as well. Perhaps maybe, uh, you know, the coaching staff looking ahead a little bit, wanting to make sure that two of their best attackers on the team uh, are able to come off and get uh, limited minutes in that one. Uh, Carly Lloyd included in the substitutions as well. She put Gotham up pretty early in the second half in the 53rd minute with an assist from Elizabeth Eddy. And she eventually coming off the pitch as well. But her final uh, game in New Jersey for Gotham, FC ended with a goal. I think that's uh, something that she's going to probably pretty uh, be pretty proud of and, and try to hang her hat on. Um, yeah, Sandra, they're not, they're not going to host a game. This, there's not going to be any more games in uh, in Red Bull this season for for uh, Gotham. And no more games at Red Bull for Gotham. And it's Carly Lloyd's last match there. And yeah, you mentioned she got the game, Sandra, but you did not put the glitter and the sparkles around <sighs> this goal that Carly Lloyd had. Because if you imagine Carly Lloyd... And her incredible years of being a professional athlete, um, being on the national team, and all of the goals that she has scored. What is the one thing that is so Carly Lloyd-esque? Cross into the box, hard run from Lloyd, and uses her noggin to put the ball away. And that's exactly what this was. It was like... It was like we were playing a video game and everyone was like, Carly Lloyd has to get a goal. And then it was like, Carly Lloyd has to get a goal with her head. Uh, Scott Parkinson, I hope you drew that up because chef's kiss to you, my man, because that was a beautiful play. Uh, Eddie with a great cross into the box and Lloyd doing what Carly Lloyd does exactly right every time she's on the pitch, scoring goals in clutch moments for her team, losing defenders, hard runs into the box and using her head, uh, making it just look so easy the way she does celebrations. You could feel the vibrations from Red Bull Arena vibrating through the screen during this match. Um, so many celebrations for Carly Lloyd, and I'm glad that it ended on this. A little sad it couldn't end a win for Gotham, but I honestly, I don't really care because I'm glad that CeCe Kaiser got another goal. And, <laughs> and I think I that Lloyd, Lloyd ending with a goal, it doesn't matter that they lost. It's like, frankly, she's probably sad they lost, but like they're still playing in the playoffs, and she got that picture-perfect goal at home in front of her fans and final regular season. Great job by this team. 
Gotham clinching their their playoff spot with with help from Trinity Rodman and Washington Spirit. Carly Lloyd getting a goal in her, in her final New Jersey match. Uh, Louisville ending their season undefeated in their last two matches. Season- Heck yeah. Season Kaiser starting off, uh, ending her year the way she started it off by scoring goals for for racing Louisville. So some of those were some of the main takeaways coming out of the final regular season match in NWSL. What a ride, Lisa. I cannot believe we got through 24 <laughs> week, 24-ish <laughs> weeks of NWSL action, uh, 82 matches over on Paramount Plus. It's been exciting. With the conclusion of the regular season, we have our first official award locked in place. Ashley Hatch, it's officially hers. The 2021 NWSL Golden Boot winner locking up the award with 10 goals on the season. She scored four with each of her feet, <laughs> left and right, and then Got two on a header, so congrats to Hatch on officially locking that up. The playoff picture is set, y'all. It is Chicago taking on Gotham FC, number four versus number five. That match is going to take place at SeatGeek Stadium at 3 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Washington Spirit will host North Carolina Courage, number three versus number six at Audi Field, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Portland Thorns and Oil Rain get the bye week, so they have a straightaway to the semifinals, which will also take place on CBS Sports Network on November the 14th. We will uh, have so much more for you all in terms of a preview of all of these matches, but mainly the quarterfinals coming up. Lisa, we did it. Let's hit it. Thanks, everybody. For listening, as always, a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it as part of our mailbag segment. And we are also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Head on over to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third and hit subscribe. Lisa and I will be back Wednesday with the return of our mailbag segment and more playoff build-up for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman this week. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.